You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hour two on this Wednesday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Chopped up the Aaron Rodgers situation, Odell Beckham Jr. as well. By the way, as uh, Mike Florio pointed out on Pro Football Talk, it's surprising there hasn't been more action in the OBJ free agency. It's been known for a week that he potentially was going to be available. Teams didn't just start discussing and planning last night. We have learned that he can sign this week. If he signs this week, he can play this weekend, depending on uh, which team he goes to, if that coach is willing to put him out there with the offense, understanding the playbook on a limited basis there. But if he is signed this week, Let's say by Seattle, he could be in uniform to face the Green Bay Packers or vice versa. If he goes to Green Bay, he could be playing against Seattle. We'll get phone calls coming up. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at show. Joe Montana will join us coming up a little bit later on. More phone calls. Spend a little bit of time talking about Scotty Pippen. He's got a new book coming out and... Feels like he's not holding back when it comes to Michael Jordan. Michael took his shots. Scotty's taking his shots. And uh, Scotty even made reference to the flu game and kind of rolled his eyes about, oh, the flu game, because he was dealing with a herniated disc. Scotty was. So this is the uh, finals against the Utah Jazz. And Frank Isola is the host. That's the other voice you'll hear with Scotty Pippen. I'm going to ask you this. All right. Is it easier to play with a herniated disc or to play with the flu? They always say the worst injury to have is a bad back. Well, I don't see many uh, bad back games, but I do see <laughs> flu games. Flu. Come on. And he's got a point there because nobody talks about, and I was there and I forgot about it, the herniated disc with Scotty. Everybody knew about Michael. You know what my thoughts are because I've run into a couple of people who have uh, an alternate story with Michael with the flu game, and for decades it was the flu game, and then it became food poisoning. Maybe it's somewhere in between. Maybe it's something else that's mixed in there. But it's better than saying, I had a hangover. But Scotty rolls his eyes with the flu game. But you'll notice when Michael collapses at the end of the game, Scotty is the one who's holding him up. In that moment. Yes, Eden. That would be the brown bottle flu, Dan. That's what they say. Yeah. That's what they say. Still a flu game. Yes. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. For arguably the most successful pro league in the country, the NFL has this unique ability to create a problem, problem where uh, none exists. Because the latest example is really taunting. If the league had a taunting problem before this season, I don't think we knew it. But now there's an issue. Fans don't like seeing the minor incidents and the gestures turn into big penalties. And I do believe it's going to have an outcome in the playoffs. I just do. It's magnified because a player is more likely to celebrate after an impactful play in the fourth quarter. 15 yards is only part of the story. Taking away that play, as they did to the Bears after a sack on Monday night, that's a big deal. And a few things can happen here. The NFL can say, We made our point, and we're going to back off here. Or players can amend their behavior and be extra careful about putting themselves in a position to get flagged. Or they can continue like this and risk a playoff game coming down to a taunting penalty. Officials have a lot to do. I don't want to have them look at a play, and it's open to their interpretation. They have enough on their plate. You add that to their plate, 
and it could be a recipe for disaster, one that the league could be headed towards in the very near future. We spent a lot of time talking about this yesterday. The NFL Players Association was against enforcing this taunting rule. I heard from a source this morning about that. Because I asked, where's the NFL Players Association stand on all of this? And my source said, I believe that they are still you know, adamantly against trying to enforce taunting here. But it's going to, I think they may back off a little bit. Don't have any validation on this. I mentioned it yesterday that maybe as we get closer to the end of the season in the playoffs that you sort of back off a little bit here because you don't want this to come down to, oh my gosh, they called a taunting penalty, kept a drive alive for a team in the wild card game, cost the opposition the game, and all it had to do is the guy looked at the punter. So those are just things to uh, keep an eye on. Uh, Diana Rossini just tweeted on the day in which he could make his final decision. Free agent Odell Beckham Jr. is honing in on the Chiefs, Packers and Saints per league sources. All right. Celebrity journalist Flo Anthony, who claims to have spoken to a source with knowledge from someone close to Wood, says Tiger is struggling. All right. So uh, the Chiefs is interesting here. Packers, uh, I thought the Saints, you know, all along, the question is, would he respect Trevor Simeon? Packers, Aaron Rodgers, be a certain, certainly a great way to deflect with all the negative headlines, and you bring him in, and certainly makes them a more formidable team. Plus, if you're Green Bay, you want to keep him away from the Saints, a team that already beat you this year, and, of course, the Chiefs as well. But now it's one of those that you can play – offense by playing defense or play defense by playing offense, going out and getting him. But if you're the Chiefs, you're the second option as a wide receiver, the third option when it comes to Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Packers, you're going to be the second option with Devontae Adams. With the Saints, you'll be the number one option. Yeah, McLovin. With the Chiefs, uh, we've been criticizing Patrick Mahomes for not getting rid of the ball quickly and trying to make the big plays. If he has Odell there, won't he try to make big plays to Odell and maybe amplify the problem, or will it help? If he ends up with the Chiefs, you can watch Sunday night. It'll be the Chiefs heading to Las Vegas to battle Derek Carr and the Raiders, the AFC West Showdown. That's Sunday at 7 Eastern on NBC and Peacock. Make sure you go to danpatrick.com. we got some great gift ideas there. The calendars can be pre-ordered. And if you ordered one where we signed it, we uh, have been doing that uh, since yesterday. There's 300 of the calendars. That's it. That's all we're going to sign. The other calendars are available. You send in your pictures to be part of the show and part of the calendar. Uh, they look great. Uh, we've just about filled up the entire calendar with everybody's birth dates. There were only a few that uh, we have blank uh, squares there with dates, but we have probably close to 350 people on there with their birth date. So uh, thanks to this great audience for taking part in that. But go to danpatrick.com. Got a tailgate bundle, new T-shirts there. Uh, we got Penny's Bang Biscuits. We've added jerky to uh, the rotation there. So there's a lot of things there. All right. Uh, so what's poll question we're going to go with second hour? Okay. I have a question for you. I don't know if you want this as a poll. Right. College football. If you could wave a wand right now and make a 12-team playoff for this season, would you do it? Sure. Why not? Okay, I, I don't know. Is there a counter-argument? <laughs> I... Well, we're, getting, we're going there anyway. So let's just get there. And, you know, it, it's like, what, what do we lose? What, our integrity that we didn't live out a contract here? Who cares? Do you sense there's going to be trouble this year, narrowing it down to four? 
Only if Cincinnati is undefeated on the outside looking in. If Alabama loses to Georgia, is Alabama going to stay in the top four? What if they lose by 17 points? Alabama going to stay in the top four with two losses? I don't think. What about is Oklahoma, Notre Dame, uh, Oregon going to stay in there? Oregon's got Utah, I think, in Utah. That's tricky. Ohio State still has Purdue, who's knocked off a couple of teams. You still have Michigan, Michigan State. Now, if Ohio State wins out, they're in. I mean, there would be no doubt about that. Georgia could still lose the SEC title game. I don't take any – I don't get invested in, in these ratings, rankings. I just don't. Not now. It doesn't mean anything to me. I just like to see sort of I, – I would love for the committee to tell us, tell us exactly what you factor in here. Like, what, what does this mean? You know, Michigan State beat Michigan, but Michigan State lost to Purdue. Okay. It's like this flotilla of rationale. Like, I don't know what it means today. Uh, what's the recipe? I don't know. Who knows? Who cares? Like, we don't get to see behind the curtain. And, and that's what I would love to at least find out. Just let us in. That's all. Let us in on what you're factoring in and what you're not. What's important, what's not. Do I think they want Cincinnati in there? No, they don't. Do I think they want Notre Dame, Oklahoma in there? Yes. Do I think they want Ohio State in there? Do they want Georgia in there? Yes. Do they want Alabama in there? Yes. There's probably six schools they want in there. But this stuff, it doesn't mean anything. I didn't even watch last night. Because I it doesn't matter. And I, I've said before, I think Cincinnati, they're, they're, they don't want to put them in to take them out. They just don't want to put them in. That's my feeling. They want eyeballs. They want big ratings. And these, these power five conferences, that's what you get with them when you put them in. But I would be curious if Alabama loses. And let's say they lose by a field goal to Georgia. Do they stay in? And that will be tricky. That'll be tricky. I don't know what their rationale is going to be, but they're probably working on those scenarios. Okay, wait a minute. So what? It, all right, let's go over this again. They, it, it's like they, they'll have this flow chart that just says, uh, if Alabama loses by three, then they say that. Okay. Yes, Todd. I feel like Alabama would have to lose by at least double digits for, the, for them to even consider knocking Alabama out of the top four. And I wish that wasn't the case, but yeah. that's how I feel. Yeah, about. I know. Yeah, Paul. But how would you feel if you were a 12-win, no-loss Oklahoma team and a two-loss team gets in ahead of you? Oklahoma is not uh, Wake Forest. Well, no, it, this Oklahoma would get in. Not right now. Cincinnati. Oklahoma's eight. No, if Alabama has two losses, yes. Alabama's not in. Oklahoma would get in before Alabama would. They got some room to make they're up, undefeated. though. Well, they're still undefeated. They're going to – if they win out, they'll be in. Alabama won't be in. Not with two losses in an undefeated Oklahoma team, Power 5 conference. Not, that ain't happening. Notre Dame wins out. Notre Dame's probably going to be in. Is Oregon going to be able to hold on? Ohio State, if they win out. That's why you get caught up in all these scenarios, and then you get all worked up, and then you go, yeah, you're right. It doesn't mean anything right now. Yeah, McLevin. Also, a lot of these teams are going to lose. Right? Doesn't that always happen? I feel at this point of the year, like, there's a lot of L's coming up. Oklahoma's got some tough games coming up. Well, what if Michigan beats Ohio State? 
No, no, well, no, well, 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 no, I'm just saying. If Michigan, if they beat Ohio State, Ohio State's out. Okay. See, this is why I don't like to do the hypotheticals, and this is what they're asking you to do. This is a TV show that they had last night. All they want to do is get reaction. You, they, you never see an analyst on one of these shows go, I'm good with it. And then meanwhile, you got the uh, producer director saying, you got to say something like we got 28 more minutes here. What are you doing? Come on, Joey Galloway, say something here. Yeah, Todd. It's like, yeah, there's no controversy here, but the Duke game isn't tipping off for another half hour. What are you doing yeah, to me? Yeah. Killing us here. Come on. 26 minutes and 17 seconds left of content to get to. Yeah, I got no problem with the rankings. It's about right. It's yeah. about right to me. Back to you in the studio. Everybody's got to have an opinion on this. That's why I, 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 I can't worry about this. I got other things to worry about, though, than this. Uh, Tom Brady, he uh, had something to say on his podcast, the Let's Go podcast. And it has to do with uh, the NFL playing 17 games this season. I think it's pointless. I, I thought it was a terrible decision. So I don't like the fact that we're playing a 17th game at all. I think 16 is plenty. You're eight games into the year and you're not halfway through. So that's kind of a, a little frustrating aspect. So we'll play it. It's there. A lot of guys probably miss games over the course of the season anyway. So they probably don't play all 16, most guys. But, you know, if you're fortunate to be able to make it through a season, then, you know, you got to play the 17th game. Um, I think there's a lot of things that I would adjust to, you know, the off season, you know, the regular season schedule. A lot of people know my feelings on some of these topics. So I've been pretty vocal about uh, NFL issues over the last couple of years and some of the, you know, things that are done that I don't necessarily think are in the best interests of the game. Well, I'd call out the NFL Players Association because they co-signed on this. It's about greed. You know, it, it can't be, you can't go, you know, 17 games, you know, how can the NFL say they care about our bodies? You don't care about your bodies because you signed up for this to get an extra paycheck here. No, the NFL does not care about you, about your bodies. Doesn't. They paid their billion dollar lawsuit and uh, now we move on because anybody who signs up for this knows what they're signing up for. They don't care. And 17 games, I and mean, this is crazy. And they're going to add an 18th game. Might not be while Tom Brady's still playing, but they're going to add an 18th at some point. Why? Why not? Um, we spent a little bit of time talking about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he got fined less than $15,000. Packers got fined $300,000. We'll talk a little bit about that and uh, Tom Brady's reaction to uh, what Aaron Rodgers had to say. We'll take a break. We'll come back after this. We'll get to phone calls as well. Joe Montana in a little more than an hour from now. And it's 16 after the hour here on the Dan Patrick Show. Puerto Rico, the new go-to destination for quality investment opportunities. But finding the right projects to invest in can be a pretty tough task. Impeller takes the guesswork out of the equation. Impeller is the new online tool spearheaded by Invest Puerto Rico. That facilitates connections between investors and online projects looking for capital. Discover innovative projects across all sectors, healthcare, detect clean energy, visitor economies, and commercial real estate. Impeller's got a really easy-to-use feature that allows you to be able to make the right deal. You get uh, insights with uh, financials, company backgrounds, leadership, performance needs, and more to help you make informed decisions. Empower your investment portfolio with the opportunities the island has to offer. As your go-to destination, Invest Puerto Rico's Impeller is the right 
Smart move for making most the, uh, the most of your investment. Visit investpr.org forward slash Impeller. Set up your account today. Impeller, your hub for investment opportunities in Puerto Rico, powered by Invest Puerto Rico. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. What's the poll question for the second hour, McLovin? Okay, I have a tricky one, but I'm curious about your thoughts. All right. It's kind of mean, but a bunch of teams did not take Justin Fields or Mac Jones that may need quarterbacks. Who do you think regrets it the most? Number six, Miami. Number seven, Detroit. Number eight, Carolina. Just found out Sam Darnold's out. Number nine, Denver. Maybe you put the Eagles in there. They trade up to 10. I don't know if they fit in. But really, the question is, does Carolina regret not taking quarterback? Miami? Well, I think they regret not taking a quarterback because they were in the sweepstakes for Deshaun Watson. To what degree, I don't know. But they were trying to get in on the sweepstakes there. Could they get back in? Yeah. Yeah. In the offseason. But um, the Dolphins weren't going to take a quarterback. Oh, that, that this yeah, this had two of yeah. Detroit, you just got Jared Goff. I I didn't see them taking a quarterback. I thought Carolina was going to take a quarterback. I think they wanted to give Drew Locke one more chance, and they gave him a chance, I guess. And they found out that Teddy Bridgewater is a better quarterback than Drew Locke, a second round draft pick. But I I would start out with Carolina. I think Carolina thought with that. Coach and Matt Rule, Christian McCaffrey coming back. You know, you can get some exciting offensive plays, got a pretty good defense, and maybe you can compete. But I would start there. You know, Denver needs a quarterback, and you're there in the AFC West where, you know, are the Raiders better? Probably. Chiefs better? Probably. And uh, the Chargers better? Uh, absolutely. So I, I would probably say Carolina to start with. Yeah, Paul. But if you go back to the draft and look at the coverage, it was Zach Wilson and then it was Trey Lance and then there was a tier and it felt like Justin Fields had dropped a tier. Not now. I'm talking at the time. If you look at like Lance Zierlein and some of these NFL.com guys, they were not super hot on Justin Fields right around draft time. Well, people were mixed on Mac Jones too. And in fact, Joe Montana joins us next hour said he thinks the Niners made a mistake trading up to get Trey Lance that I, you know, he said I would have taken Mac Jones, but you know, at the time there were a lot of people who thought, well, we haven't seen enough of Mac Jones. Those wide receivers, they, they get open wide open. You know, is he going to be a right-handed Tua? Like there was a lot of, you know, conversation discourse on the negatives of, of Justin Fields and also with Mac Jones. Yeah, McLove. Was Fields a guy that might have been around too long? Because him, he had always, it always been Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, one, two, one, two, one, two. And then something, I don't know, why did he fall? He played great in the end of his college career, right? Well, but he was at Georgia and then he transferred. So it felt like he was around a little bit longer, even though he lost his job at Georgia. Do teams pick apart guys too much, maybe overthink yeah. it? I think we always look for the negative. Instead, I want to know what you do well instead of what you don't do well. And I always use the same analogy, so I apologize if you've heard this many times. If you looked at what Steve Nash couldn't do, then you wouldn't draft him. If you based it on, this is what he can't do. If you based your draft selection on Steph Curry with what he can't do, then you wouldn't have taken him. Because 
we didn't know he's the greatest shooter of all time. We didn't know if he could handle. We didn't know if he could guard anybody. We didn't know if he could physically stand up to the rigors that have been 82-game schedule. Didn't know any of that stuff. Therefore, you wouldn't have drafted him. And, and people didn't. And people didn't draft Steve Nash. They talked themselves out of it. And I think that's a problem when it comes to quarterbacks. Like, what does is, what is Patrick Mahomes do well? It was, you know, he tries to be Brett Favre. He's a gunslinger. You know, he didn't win. You know, they weren't a good team in college. Anybody can put up points in the Big 12. Like, this is how it works. Deshaun Watson did everything that I need a quarterback to do. And he did it on a big stage, did it right in front of us. And that still wasn't good enough. Yes, Eaton. How do you know which side you're talking yourself out of, the good parts or the bad parts? You know what I mean? Like, where you're like, oh, you know, yeah, he's got this, but he's got that. Yeah. I just... I don't know. <laughs> but if you saw Steve Nash's ability to direct, and, and granted, he was at Santa Clara, but if you watched him, you saw somebody who had something. There was something about him that how he ran an offense and, you know, Steph Curry the same way. Like you'd watch him and you'd go, how's he doing it? And we're still asking that question with Steph Curry where you go, how's he doing it? There's certain guys where you go, now, I didn't get Luka. Now, I'm on record as saying I thought that uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. the third, uh, you know, from Michigan State was going to be, you know, the best guy out of the draft. I watched Luka play games in Europe. And I still, it felt like he was just getting his shot off and, and just getting by a defender. He was just, and I thought, he gets to the NBA and those guys are far better athletes. He's still just getting his shot off and just getting by the defense. Trey Young. I thought Trey would be a, a good NBA player. And he's turned out to be a great NBA player. But, you know, you're looking for versatility. It's like if you said, who's the best player out of this draft? I liked Evan Mobley from USC. I still do. And I think in three years, he might be the best player to come out, you know, of this draft. But I'm looking at versatility, size, all the things that he does. But he plays in Cleveland. Nobody's watching him. Yeah, McLovin. John Morant, the rap was he can't shoot from the outside, right? Yeah. I, I still wonder that about him. But you keep saying he's like kind of almost MVP-ish type player. Well, he, he never stops. Like he attacks. There's something about that mentality. Now, it's not like Russell Westbrook. He keeps attacking and he should not attack as much as he. He's got to remember or somebody should remind him every single game. Russ. You're not 26 years of age anymore. It's too late, by the way. That last game against the Hornets, that's, that's where you go, that guy's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. And he looked like he belonged on the bench. Can't shoot. Turnovers. He leads the NBA in turnovers. Trying to do too much. But there are times when you're watching and you go, like I, I still think Lonzo Ball is a really good basketball player. You know, not a great shooter, but I think that he's still a really good basketball player. I looked at LaMelo Ball from his freshman year in high school, and I said, he's undisciplined, but he's the best player out of, out of the family. And he went to 6'7 and handle and not afraid. He's got a, a you know, a, a respectable shot. He's fun to watch, you know, so... But look, I, I whiff on these guys all the time where I go, I think this guy's going to be really good. And then you go, hope, hope nobody remembers that one. 
I hope nobody was rolling on that one to record it. Yeah, Paulie. I went back and looked at some of the Mahomes pre-draft coverage. The word project is the big word. Project. Don't expect much early. And, you know, he's an MVP. Texas Tech, when they had Mahomes and Cliff Kingsbury, who's a candidate for coach of the year, Mm -hmm. they were four and eight, seven and six, five and seven, and lost one bowl game. Yeah. He was fun to watch, but, you know, I can't sit here and go, yep, I knew he was going to be great. I just knew he was going to be entertaining. I had no idea if he was going to be anywhere near this. Because I'd watch these games. I'd, I'd watch his college games just because he was spectacular. He was fun. Team wasn't very good. But, you know, it feels like the Big 12. I mean, Graham Harrell was great in the Big 12. Yeah, McLevin. I've been reading some NFL draft stuff this year, and all the experts are just throwing their hands up in the air and saying they have no idea well, on quarterback. Yes, and, and rightfully so. That's where you don't want to – I wouldn't want to overcommit with any of these quarterbacks. If, if somebody falls to you, great. But I wouldn't want to go up and get somebody. Not at all. Somebody will, though. It happens every single year where somebody goes, um, we're going up and getting Christian Ponder. No, no, no. Yes, we're going up and get E.J. Manuel. No, no, no. But they do. All right. Um, we talked a little bit about Aaron Rodgers. He went on Pat McAfee's show. I, I'm not going to, you know, Take the scalpel to everything he said. I, I think he what he said initially is what he really feels. I think this is, you know, maybe uh, trying to mitigate the damage here and, uh, and go back to playing football. He had uh, this to say to Pat McAfee yesterday. Look, I shared an opinion that is polarizing. I get it. And I misled some people about my status, which I take full responsibility of. But in the end... I have to stay true to who I am and what I'm about. Okay, so you're sort of apologizing, but you're not because you're staying true to yourself. And I just want to know, who are you apologizing to? And and this isn't on Pat McAfee. I'm telling you how I would approach this, but the rules would be different if Aaron came on this show because I wouldn't let Aaron go 42 minutes uninterrupted. But Pat has a friendship with him. A.J. Hawk's a former teammate. He got that platform. Without that platform, he doesn't get Aaron Rodgers. So I appreciate that he came on and gave us that content there. But if Aaron was on the show, I'd say, who are you apologizing to? Media? Fans? Packers? You you misled some people? Who are the people you misled? I got to just be curious about that. Uh, he also... Uh, just wants to get back to basically being a football player. I'm an athlete. I'm not an activist. So I'm going to get back to doing what I do best. And that's playing ball. Like, I shared my opinion. It wasn't one that was that was come to uh, frivolously. It involved a lot of study and what I felt like was in my best interest for my body. But further comments, you know, I'm going to keep between myself and my doctors. And, you know, I don't have any further comments about, about any of those things after this interview. Was Aaron Rodgers interrogated the way Tom Brady was? I'm just curious here. I just throw this out because we're always looking for how does the NFL handle these things? You know, Tom Brady deflate gate. You know, did they demand his phone? Did they want to see emails? Do they want to know exactly, you know, what was he doing in the facility? Uh, was there a doctor that he conferred with that he talked uh, about in the with the NFL? Like, I don't know how far they went with this. Probably not that far. But, you know, they did get around to suspending Brady for lying to them. 
did Aaron Rodgers lie to the NFL? Isn't that what this is about? Brady got caught lying, and the NFL punished him. Did Aaron Rodgers lie to the NFL? And if so, you didn't suspend him. Uh, let's see, what else? Oh, uh, Tom Brady, I had, uh, let me see, do we have the sound here with Tom Brady? So Tom Brady is on his podcast, uh, Let's Go with Jim Gray and Larry Fitzgerald every Monday night, and he talked about the Aaron Rodgers situation. I figured out I'm not commenting on Aaron Rodgers' personal situation. Um, far be it from me to tell anyone what to put in their body. Um, but by the way, Jim, my book, The TB12 Method, is available in paperback <laughs> wherever nutritional books are sold, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I was I was close to a statement. <laughs> nope, just thought about it, and obviously that's how I feel, and that's all I'm going to say. Okay, he doesn't want to comment on Aaron Rodgers' situation and tell anybody what to put in their body. That's all Tom does is tell people what to put in their bodies with TB12. <laughs> it's a good joke, though. I like that. I appreciate that. But, uh, yeah, I don't want to tell you what to put in your body. Yeah, you do. Kale, avocado, no strawberries, no tomatoes. I mean, uh, by the way, you didn't ask for it, but you got it. Todd has an OBJ limerick. I do. Yes. You ready? Yes. So OBJ is free from the Browns and can sign with anyone who's down. His dad's video, not cool. Tried to make Baker the fool. Now he can... Well, no, um, see, I messed up here. You know what? I, uh, can I do that again? Are you going to be a second chance? I spelled one of the words wrong. Oh, no. Uh-oh. 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 So OBJ is free from the brown. I'm sorry. I put a P instead of an O in one of the words that it threw me up. So OBJ is free from the Browns and can sign with anyone who's down. His dad's video, not cool, tried to make Baker the fool. Now he can ball out and not be a clown. And for some reason, I typed, now he can ball put and not be a clown. And that's what threw me off. <laughs> Epic fail there. Thank I you. thought that was a pretty good limerick until I said, now he can ball put. Thank you, Todd. That was actually your best one ever. Thank you. That was the best one ever, Todd. Thank you, Todd. Now he can ball put. Thank you, Todd. Whoa. You're welcome. Whoa. Excuse me. <laughs> now the Rockets. Whoa. Regular. <laughs> <sighs> Now gift. he can ball out and not be a clown. No, no, I got okay. it. Okay, it's a gift that keeps on giving. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Does that mean referring to OBJ as a clown? Maybe I don't even... to call. I don't know. I... Clownish <laughs> antics over the years, I guess. I don't. I didn't mean to be vicious. Thank you, Todd. You're welcome. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Back to you in the studio. <sighs> a couple of phone calls. Uh, Gus in Los Angeles. Hi, Gus. What's on your mind today? Good morning, Mr. Patrick. Well, this Scottie Pippen thing. Yeah. This It seems like everybody or nobody out of the millions of interviews he's doing is asking him the one question that I would ask him, and that is, what is your agenda here? What are you trying to achieve by talking about this stuff? Okay, like, what is it? Why are you so bitter and so angry about this? He was on the Today Show a few days ago, and he came out and he said, there's no such thing as the greatest player of all time. That would be a disrespect to all players in the NBA and the ones that have played before. Really, bro? Really? But yet you want to be regarded as the greatest in your position? No, not going to happen. So, like, what is it? Are you bitter because you went broke after you played and 10 generations of Jordan from now will still be wealthy? Are you bitter because you're... 
ex-wife is sleeping around with every other man in the city of Los Angeles to the point that Brittany and I have a chance? Thank you, guys. That just seems unnecessary. Yeah, I, I think that. I don't think that was factually true. Uh, I don't know what... <laughs> the Fritzy part? Yes, yes. Oh, other than that. Yeah, the, Gus, the Gus had a shot, but not Fritzy. Everything else, he was right on yeah, the money he until he said that. Yeah. I, I don't know what Scotty's agenda is. It feels like Scotty is... Um, he's got a shotgun, and you know he's, he's trying to kill Little Rabbit here. But it's not. It's MJ. Like, he's got... I, I'm just going to shoot. And I don't know if I'm going to hit anything. I'm going to shoot it. And he's firing away at everybody, anything. But it, it really comes back to Michael embarrassed him, I think, in the last dance. And, and you know, Scotty probably wasn't given a heads up. Imagine that if you're in the documentary. And you don't get to see it first. And you're watching probably with family, friends. And all of a sudden, Michael starts taking shots at you. And you're thinking Mike's going to say nice things about me because he's already said he couldn't have won these titles without, uh, you know, Scotty. Michael doesn't do that. Not many guys go into the Hall of Fame and treat it as a roast for all the players that they played against. That's what Michael did. And Michael hasn't, Michael hasn't changed. That's what I, I like Scotty misread Michael in retirement. Uh, that Mike is not any di- Mike is so competitive. He's just a businessman as far as his competition. That that's you know his outlet. The way he played, I mean, this is who he is. Now, I don't know if he says nice things about too many guys, but he he probably looks at Scotty and says, "This is weak." You know, Scotty wants recognition. And did Mike need to put in that Scotty signed one of the worst contracts in NBA history? No, he did not. But Mike had 10, 10, uh, 10 hours to uh, spew, pat himself on the back. I mean, that's what this was. This was a victory lap for Mike. Yes, he. And that's the, yeah, it's almost like the, uh, if I can try and put myself in Scottie Pippen's shoes, it's not only the, like, digs that Jordan and the documentary took, but it's the, the levels of them, too, like, just the implication that Scotty signed one of the worst contracts in NFL in NBA history, but here I'm Michael Jordan. I'm one of the best businessmen to ever come out of the NBA. I'm yeah. a billionaire because of how great I am at business. Yeah. Whereas this guy, he can't even figure out this contract. Like so many years of those subtle little things, I could see driving somebody absolutely insane to the point that you're like, you know what? Screw it. I don't think people talk to Scotty or ask for his opinion throughout his career. I know I didn't, and I was around him, but if they said, who do you want after the game, I would normally say Michael or Phil. Uh, Rodman occasionally. But I, I think Scotty was doing all of the dirty work, and he was. But, you know, it's you're in a boy band. Uh, do you want to, How much credit do you deserve being in this boy band? And I think that he thought he was a lead singer or, you know, he was co-lead singer. And, and he wasn't. It was Michael. And then it was everybody else. But Scotty, and maybe he sells books because of this. Maybe by being this angry, he's going to sell books. If Scotty just came out and did his sort of tell-all, I don't know how much anybody would really care. But it's like Scotty wants to set the record straight, no matter the collateral damage here. Yeah, Paul. As a Chicagoan, Scotty is one of the most weir- the weirdest athletes. He's not even beloved in his hometown. 
Can you think of another athlete who brought his team six titles or even multiple titles as in beloved? It's like, you know, Julian Edelman played in the shadow of Tom Brady. Tom Brady sucks up all the air in the room. But Edelman is a beloved athlete in his town. Scottie Pippen's not beloved in Chicago. Most people you ask about Scottie, they bring up the negatives more than the positives. That's the local fans. Yeah, but Edelman knows his place. Scottie doesn't. Scottie thinks he is, you know, that he and Mike are, are equals. And, and, and that's where he has to realize he's not. Kevin McHale is not Larry Bird. Byron Scott is not Magic Johnson. That, but they don't, they're not whining. They're not asking for you know, recognition. Now, they didn't have a documentary where they were criticized like Scotty was. I think Scotty's gone through an awful lot here in the last decade, whether it's divorce, financial stuff, uh, what happened in the last dance. And he's mad, but it's like you want to get into the ring. You don't, but nobody's in the ring. He's like in there and he's ready for somebody and nobody's showing up. I wonder how Jordan thinks about this. Take a break. More phone calls coming up. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, nine until noon Eastern six to nine Pacific on Fox sports radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. I'm George Reister, host of the Reister or wrong podcast. This is the intersection where sports business, society, and pop culture meet the truth absolute fire on mondays wednesdays and fridays facts only make sure you check your feelings at the door because no bs is allowed we keep it 100 this is where real conversations happen listen to the right or wrong podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple podcast or wherever you get your podcasts watch a little bit of college basketball last night duke and kentucky at the garden coach k Picked up the win, 79-71. Not a great shooting night. Duke won of 13 from three-point range. That's 7.7%. There were a couple of surprises last night. Uh, Akron nearly pulled off the upset, beating Ohio State. But uh, I watched Gonzaga. My boy Chet Holmgren, the seven-footer. Well, he's going against Dixie State. Which sounds like somebody I might have dated a long time ago. Um, he he played well. He had an impact. You know, I think he had uh, like six blocks and he had doubled. He had a double double, and and he's probably going to be one of those guys that gets points, rebounds, and blocks. Might have a you know a triple double uh, this year. But he's seven four and weighs probably two hundred pounds. Yeah, McLevin. I saw the highlight. I thought of Sean Bradley, like a guy who needs to put on weight, so he, he needs to eat hamburgers. Can he do it? I don't know. I don't. You play at that skinniness? I played at that skinniness in high school. It was a disaster. Well, Sean Bradley. I I thought Sean was going to change the NBA. He was seven six. He could run the floor. He could shoot jumpers. He had a nice touch. It just. Obviously didn't work out that way, but I thought that he had the makings of he could handle and um, foul line jumper. He he had that ability, but uh, you know I don't know if Chet Holmgren is going to be a, a great player. But they're already looking at him as a you know possible number one overall pick at that size. Uh, but I don't know in today's NBA that's that's the difference. You know is he and he can play on the perimeter. 
And I watched uh, two of his high school games where he's handling the ball out there and beating guys off the dribble. But I don't know. I don't think Gonzaga is going to ask him to do that this year. Yes, Paulie? It does remind me a little bit of a very, very young Kevin Garnett who was painfully thin coming out of high school and needed to develop, but he never really got to be a big guy. And he it took a while, but he was more of a both inside and outside guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what KG weighed, but you know, it felt like he was around 6'10", 6'11", and you know, 230. But he played, he played like he was a whole lot bigger and badder than that. Uh, Kate in Kansas City. Hi, Kate. What's on your mind today? Hi, Dan. Hi, Kate. How are you guys? Nice to finally meet you. <laughs> um, yeah, we're, I'm sitting here with my husband, and, uh, you know, we're both athletes, and we're talking about uh, the debate here, and... We both watched MJ and Scotty growing up, and here's the thing. Is there really a debate? Because the likability here, you can't, that's one thing you can't teach as an athlete is likability. Kate, what's going on with you and your husband there at home? I mean, come on. What's, what do you mean? I don't know. I mean, you'd say that you're, you're, you're debating this early? I mean, you're just sitting no, around no, we- debating? No, no, you guys are debating. Oh, okay. I didn't know. What are you guys doing this morning? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. All right. You held up a mirror to their life. I I just wanted to just wanted to find out what's going on there, Kate. By the way, Kate hung up on us. Yeah. That might have might have been her husband saying, "Hang up. Hang up." Steve, what are we doing this morning? <laughs> uh, Carlos in Indiana. Hi, Carlos. What's on your mind today? Hey there. Hello. Hi, Carlos. Hey, I stepped away from the phone for a second. But, hey, yeah, I just wanted to call in. Uh, first time in a long time. And um, I'm sitting here, huge Bulls fan growing up, you know, just like everybody else. Or not everybody else, but, you know. Um, and uh, I just wanted to say, one of the things that, and I think what you guys are getting into as far as Scotty, you're like, yeah, you know, all these shots that were being taken. I think he was. The more I, the more I uh, think about this and what was being said in the last dance, I mean, Tim Grover, the guy that, tr- that was a trainer, for um, Jordan, and then he started training Pippen, too. Um, and then also Ron Harper, when uh, Ron Harper joined the team, um, when Tim Grover, you know, had his little little piece in there, he mentioned that, you know, Scotty and Ron, you know, they were there every single workout, and they never missed because they were scared of the tongue lashing that they would have got from Jordan. And I think Pippen is thinking to himself, like, Who, why is Tim Grover saying – saying this when part of the reason Tim Grover is Tim Grover is because of Scotty Pippen. And not only that, well, Tim Grover is Tim. No, 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 no. Tim Grover is Tim Grover because of Michael Jordan. Nobody cared that Scotty was working out with Tim Grover. They cared that Michael was look, am I, I, I'm, I feel sad for Scotty because he was a great player. I feel bad that he's trying to set the record straight and, He's not coming off well here. Maybe sell some books. Joe Montana is going to join us in the final hour. More phone calls as well. Back after this. 
One more item. We close out hour two. Our friends from Stiefel, they're here to help you. A lot of change in our lives the last year and a half or so. And for some of you, maybe you changed a job, maybe considering retirement. And if that's your situation, probably have a lot of questions on your mind. How should you handle your retirement accounts? Do you have enough money to retire? How's that portfolio invested? Retirement's a big step. When it comes to investing for retirement, most people can't afford to make mistakes. Stiefel's been helping clients like you manage investments for over 130 years years. Now that's a track record. Your Stiefel financial advisor can help you create a personalized retirement plan, understand your options for claiming social security, and implement an investment portfolio designed around your needs. Stiefel clients also have access to Stiefel's award-winning equity research and investment strategy views so you make informed, better decisions regarding your portfolio. Find your Stiefel financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NY. SE.